Zanim zaczniemy tę drugą część, 
So basically, two days ago, we were speaking about, well, first of all, trying to understand what an art and hybrid is. And which are its implications and how to deal with them. So we spoke about how an art and hybrid is not a practice by itself, but a particular approach to the practice. A particular approach where we where we try to become aware of those obstacles that are there in the way of our bhajan. So without this anartani briti, our let's say our bhajana kriya will lack specificity. Also, we spoke about how this recognition of the obstacles should be something uh, joyful, relatively. <laughs> Not a traumatic experience, but a glorious one. Where we try to integrate our humanity with our potential for transcendence. Where we try first to be, let's say, proper human beings and on that foundation trying to project ourselves into what we may call vertical development. <coughs> so sometimes I say to devotees, first try to become a devotional human being, and after that try to become a devotional superhero. So, for example, when Mahaprabhu asked Brahmananda Roy about Sadhya Sadhana Tata, which is the goal of life and how to attain it, which is the supreme goal of life and how to attain it. So you know that Brahmananda gave so many answers and Mahaprabhu rejected them so many times. So the very first thing, thing that Ramananda mentioned is Barnashram, sensibilities. 
And even though Mahaprabhu rejected that and said that's superficial, go deeper. There is a point in Ramananda mentioning that first. Because Barnash from sensibilities applied nowadays will mean try to be materially balanced as a human being. Let your humanity be in proper place. So when your humanity is in place, you will be able to integrate that same humanity into a higher, updated version of yourself. So again, he in one sense Mahaprabhu rejected that, but at the same time this was first, very firstly mentioned as saying, first you have to be aware that those things are in place, your humanity is in place. So that may not be the long-term goal, but it may be a short-term goal in the context of attaining the long-term goal. So he's quoting this also Gundicha Marjan Lila we describe how this inner cleaning should be a very joyful and event. And we are cleaning the heart, we are cleaning the, the asana to invite the Lord to eternally reside there. So we spoke that these anarthas actually are, let's call, immature blessings, if you will. No? <laughs> To use Guru Maharaj's terms, they are blessings in an embryonic state. So when we properly embrace those obstacles, they show the real face blossoming into full blessing. So we also analyze these six stages of anisthita, vajana, kriya, or un, unstable, you say in English? Unstable practice. Uh, 
somehow some embarrassing chapter, but at the same time still glorious. <laughs> Because it will be embarrassment in the context of Swarup Shakti. We are already in that perimeter, so glorious embarrassment. <laughs> so we say all these things so we may know how to cope with these uh, motions. To deal with our inner obstacles in a sustainable way. Not going to one extreme nor the other. And also not trying to over justify uh, some rem- some situation that I have to solve in the name of transcendental symptoms. <laughs> because we may be sadakas, but we may have some delusional disorders, if you will. <laughs> and if And if we do not recognize them as such with their necessary treatment, we may make it a lot of mess. There's an interesting series of this uh, topic in the Jiva Institute website called Delusional Disorders. Jiba Institute. I won't go into them in detail, no time now. But you can read the articles. But basically what you find there is like devotees, examples, cases of devotees where they have some factual delusional disorder that needs some particular treatment. But somehow or other they justified or explained it in the context of transcendence and it was some sort of extraordinary symptom of whatever. <laughs> so we should be very careful because we have such an extraordinary philosophy. That also very easily we can cheat ourselves and over justify certain things. Or, or, or also the or also the greatness of the philosophy, the conception we receive is such such great, so big. 
again, yeah, the, the greatness of the conception we have received is so big that we may become like lazy. Taking excessive rest in the name of the grace of Mahaprabhu is so big. And yes, his grace is so big and that grace is the one who will inspire me to sincerely deal with my inner obstacles. So we conclude that our last talk, invoking this second verse of Sikshastakam and, and speaking about how to deal properly with remorse, not repentance. <laughs> And how to properly combine these two ingredients of repentance and hope. No. Uh, I think it was not repentance and hope. Remorse. Remorse. You're right. <laughs> I have some strong Judeo-Christian DNA. <laughs> <laughs> repentance keeps coming and coming. So we ended, we concluded saying that how, even though some repentance and some obstacles are there, at the end hope in the strength of mercy that is coming to us will make the, the final balance. So if we are on the path, if we are sincerely are on the path, we, we, we should have nothing to fear or to worry about. Sadhureva Samantabhya Krishna already considers such people as saintly ones. There's one nice Christian saying in this regard. DNA coming again. <laughs> I think it was some Saint Augustine, you say in English? Augustine? I think he was him. If not, you correct me. So he said, I prefer to be, oh, how do you say this in English? That person that, that cannot walk properly but like has some problem with leg. Lame, yeah, thank you. I prefer to be a lame on the path. Than to be a professional runner outside the path. Uh, 
Maybe you have sun and arts and you're still falling, but in the context of the path. <laughs> Maybe some other people is going at higher speed, but towards another direction, another goal. So maybe they are going too fast, but maybe to a cliff, you say? So. so they say in English, slow but pace win the race. So basically that's the conclusion of the other day's talks talk and hopefully of our everyday experience. <laughs> Hope. There is this quote in English, no? Hope above hope, something like this? Hope against hope. Against hope. Thank you. Let's conclude with that sutra as a summary of previous talk. <coughs> so after that introduction we, we presented now in this second class that is to mention a little bit more technically if we will some different anarchas that are described in the scriptures. So generally there are two main descriptions that we find, one presented by Vishwanatra Kabar Thakur, another by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. The first presented in the Madhurya Kadambini, the second one in Bhajan Rahasya. So we will start with the one from Vishwanatra Kabarti and we will conclude with Bhakti Nantakur's description. So many new words in Sanskrit, many new categories will be there, so be prepared for that. <laughs> As one Brigo say in one class I remember, Indians love to put multi-categories and subdivisions and <laughs> keep expanding the explanation. <laughs> So, Vishwanath will present four categories. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur will also present four categories. But in the case of the latter, those four categories which have four subdivisions, each of them. So as you can imagine, I have only one hour remaining. I don't have time to go in detail with each one of the 20 or 20-something categories there. <coughs> but we'll try to say something about them. 
and hopefully you may inspire to go much more in detail to personal study of, of all these sections. Also some of the categories will be similar between one and the other, you will see. I mean between what Biswanath say and between what Thakur Bhaktinath say. So let's start with the ones from Bismarck Chakravarti Thakur. This presented, as I said, Madhurya Kadambini. This book is a detailed explanation of basically two verses from Srila Rupa Goswami. And these verses describe the nine stages of Bhakti from Shraddha to Prem. So Vishwanath Chakravartakur goes in very detailed explanation for each and every stage. Especially giving a nice introduction speaking how bhakti comes from bhakti. And when he gets to an art and the stage, he really like dedicates many pages to that. And with that showing, this is an important part to be aware of. So the four categories are the following. That's called Duskritotanarta, Sukritotanarta, Aparadotanarta, and Bhaktiutanarta. Not necessary, not necessary to translate that. So we will go one after the other. So Duskritota Narta means anarthas that come from previous uh, sinful activities. Duskriti. Sukritota Narta are the anarthas that come from previous pious actions. Sukriti. Anarthas coming from Sukriti? Yes, it can be. <laughs> different types of Sukriti, we will speak about it. Aparadota Narta, Narta which come from offense, Aparadota. And Bhaktiuta Narta, and Narta coming from Bhakti. How can it be possible? I'm going to say to it to be continued in some minutes. <laughs> so, let's start with Duskritota Narta. Those uh, false values coming from previous sinful activities. So this may be easy to understand. According to past sinful actions, we develop certain samskars, certain perspective. That mainly will have to do with ignorance in, re in relation to ourselves. How do we see ourselves? So we start to self-identify ourselves as the body. 
or even with our psychic body. And from there you can imagine so many sub-branches and implications coming from there. Mm-hmm. As Guru Maharaj was speaking yesterday, no? Unnecessary excessive attachment to temporary realms. <laughs> and the subsequent fear of losing those things that I am attached to. So again, all this is an anartha. Remember, anartha means I am positing some value in a direction that it has no such value. I'm investing my faith and hope in the wrong direction. Where there will be no reciprocation. So it's clear the idea of Duskrito Tanarta. Okay. So I will continue. I have the clock running there. So now we have Sukrito Tanarta. Which means, as he said, Anarta is coming from Sukriti. Sukriti means activity. And Sukriti means like good, special activity. Or sometimes it's connected to the result, the fruit that comes from particular activity. So generally we are accustomed to express ourselves in terms of Sukriti when saying the devotee had some Sukriti. Gnata Sukriti, Agnata Sukriti, these terms we use. And yes, okay, but that's Bhakti Sukriti. But there are other types of Sukriti as well. There is Bhukti Sukriti, Mukti Sukriti. Some credits you have attained from previous activities that will take you in a particular direction. So this Sukritotanarta referred to pious material actions, let's say. That will condition us in a very particular way. In a very sadvik way. No? So this Vanachakavati mentions Sukritotanarta expresses itself in the following way. Basically, that one becomes attached to uh, to sattvic sense of happiness. And also to the idea of obtaining mukti or liberation. All this enters into the realm of sattva 
from sattva may be translated in class like beingness no sattva można przetłumaczyć jako I don't know if there is a Polish word for being mess. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did the same, so no problem. So it means you start to see yourself a little bit more clear and the prospect of your potential on certain level. So Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, someone in, in sattva, there is conditioning as well. There is a very nice type of knowledge and happiness that comes as a result of being sattvic. And in one sense that's no problem. The problem is when you get attached to that. So when you get attached to that sattvic knowledge and happiness, attachment is a symptom of rajas, no longer sattva. <laughs> so you go down from sattva to rajas. And again, in the context of bhakti, all this is still in the material realm. Call it sattvic, rajasic, whatever. What to speak of the desire of liberation that we have so many times heard how the Sudha Bhaktas reject such such goal. At least conceptually we reject that. As Guru Maharaj was speaking out yesterday about Utam Bhakti. No? So conceptually we are Utam Bhaktas. <laughs> But in actuality we are work in progress in that direction. In actuality? No, theoretically we may say I don't want any type my school doesn't go for any type of mukti nor even in Vaikuntha. But if mukti herself appears personally to you who knows what you will say. Because we don't have the experience of being a mukta. <laughs> so we may reject that conceptually, but who knows in practice what will happen. <laughs> And that test will come to us at some point. You will be offered CD, Bukti, Mukti. <laughs> As we said the other day, we should pray for tests no? <laughs> to come. <laughs> to show our real position and from there trying to make further progress. 
So well, basically this is Sukritota Anartha. You became over entangled in a sadvik like sense and it doesn't allow you to go beyond that. And the two skritotanartas are more, if you will, tamasic and rajasic in nature. Now we go with the third one, let's call it Aparadota Anarta. So this is a very delicate one. Vishwanath Chakravarta spends quite few considerable pages for that. He mainly focused this anarta regarding this whole three nam, nam aparad. So he mentions if one chants Harinam, there are two stages. First, chanti Harinam, second, go into Vaikuntha. Spiritual world, Parabil. So he implies if that didn't happen to you yet, Aparad is there. <laughs> No, so he starts to define the very term aparad as aparadha. No, that we goes against love. You are going against love, yeah. Love. Love. In Spanish you have this saying that you are biting the hand that is feeding you. You also have? So this is a very delicate issue as you may imagine. That can even like do away with all the bhakti samskars we have acquired till now. And Bhagavad Gita Krishna says when he speaks about bhakti in this in this path there is no loss um, at all. Sorry, a diminution. Yeah, okay. Whatever you have acquired, it will be with you forever. comments to that in Bhagavad Gita. Yes, this is true except for Aparat. So Aparat can really uproot the very Bhakti Lata that was put there and taken care with so much time like this. Guru Maharaj would say 
we have sins of flesh and sins of the soul. So Aparad enters into the latter category. Because try to understand this. The main reasons for one to connect with bhakti, sadhu, harinam, trihari, those are the main plugs, plugins, I don't know how you call it. So, if you attacked those same plugs, I mean... <laughs> so, those, those things that can take you to the higher, highest glory can deprive you from that glory if you do not know how to deal with that. So, of course, inside this Nam apparat, there are so many other apparats included there. <coughs> But I will go in detail that when Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes his own section. He also speaks about this. So, Aparadotanarta, let's go to the last one called Bhaktivinoda Anarta is coming from Bhakti. I mean, not strictly coming from Bhakti, you know. Bhakti is there to do away with our Anarthas. <laughs> but if we don't know how to properly deal with Bhakti and with the byproducts that come from the practice of Bhakti, this anartha may come. We spoke a little bit about this when we described this Taranga Rangini stage in Anishtita Vajanakriya, this riding the waves. Rangini. Mm-hmm. So basically, it seems it means you get to the practice with certain nartas, and you may clean yourself from that nartha through the practice. Yeah, as I said the other day, you may arrive to the practice with certain nartas, and you clean your heart from the, of those nartas through the practice. But with advancement in practice come so many attributes and good qualities. Rupa Goswami will say, Kleshagni Subhada. Kleshagni Subhada, yeah. Which means, Bhakti 
burns the, the miseries, the pleasures, and gives all auspiciousness. So again, as the devotee develops good qualities, so many things may come: followers, knowledge, position, fame, name. <coughs> and there's no problem with that if you know to deal with it properly and to acknowledge all this belongs to my Guru Dev, not to me. The problem is when you claim authorship of those things that are coming to you and put your name under that. <laughs> and there is this very short famous story in the Ramanuja Sampradaya. Maybe you already heard. There was one that was very expert in every single field you could imagine. So he cooked very nicely, sang very nicely, very pandit, everything. So the devotees say, oh Prabhu, you cook so nicely. And he said, yes. <laughs> and you do such nice cures and say, yeah. <laughs> so they started to get concerned. He said, oh, he, he's becoming puffed up, you say? So they went to Ramanujacharya, their guru, and said, Such Prabhu is, we, we are concerned because he may be getting too like proud and arrogant. So Ramanujacharya called him and said, Your god brothers told me this situation, they are concerned. Is that real? And the Buddha say yes, it's real. I say yes, I cook nicely, I sing nicely, I really learned. But he said, if I can do all those things, Guru Dev is by your mercy, so I cannot deny your mercy, the effect of, of your mercy in me. So I sing nicely because of Guru Dev's mercy. So actually, his mercy sings nicely through me. <laughs> so that's a higher level of humility than just saying, oh no, I do nothing nicely, I'm just a total disaster. That can be false ego also. I'm the best, or the other side, I'm the worst. 
once one devotee said to Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I am the most fallen of all your disciples. <laughs> But the most, I am the most. <laughs> Prabhupada said, you are not the most anything. <laughs> Because he realized he wants to be the most something. No? So since he can't be the most highest devotee, he wants to be the most fallen at least, no? <laughs> so we should be very hum- properly humble to, to deal with these Bhakti Uttanartas. Because they may appear in the context of practice as a byproduct of the practice, as externally it may seem everything's okay. But internally I may be exploiting those resources. Externally I may be doing a show of humility, but internally I may be delighting myself, oh, these followers, this glorification. <laughs> Mahaprabhu called them Upasakas. Which means you are working on the bind of devotion and there's some extra like grass appears there which and those weeds seem to be part of the original bind But actually they are not. So if when you are watering the vine, you are also putting water to these ex- like unhealthy weeds. They, are take, they will take extra time, water, energy. And all that should be in the direction of the bhakti lata. So you follow externally, you may continue chanting everything, but internally you are putting more and more attention into followers, fame. So this is a very subtle anartha. And before going to Bhaktivinoda definition, also if Anacha Gavarti Thakur gives like five levels in which though these anarthas are being transcended. He says like partial, uh, penetrating, almost complete, complete, absolute. <laughs> Almost complete. 
zdrowie pełne? Pełne? Absolutnie. So, for example, regarding the first two, Duskritota and Sukritota, he says, in the stage of Bhajan and Kriya, they are like eradicated in a general way. And then in the stage of Asakti, they will be absolutely eradicated. Because in Asakti, your real sense of self, eternal, starts to merge. So the false sense of self that was feeling the other anarthas come no longer. Yeah. In Asakti, our real spirit, eternal spiritual identity starts to emerge. So your false sense of self that was fueling these two anarthas can no longer stand there. The sense, the spirit, the spiritual sense of self that is appearing. No, sorry, sorry, again. The false sense of self that was fueling these anarthas. Can no longer can no longer stand in front of this emerging of your spiritual identity in Asakti. Regarding Bhaktiutanarta, in, in the stage of Bhajana Kriya, this Anarta is not too much eradicated yet. Because this anarta comes as a result of Bhajana Kriya in one sense. <laughs> but Vishwanath says that it's absolutely eradicated and ruchi. When you really get a real taste for the practice, and you become attached to the practice, and you do not want anything that may obstruct the practice. Nadanam, Najanam, Nasundari, Mahaprabhu said that in this verse that represents Ruchi. And regarding Aparadota Narta, this one says, this Anarta is not too much eradicated in Bhajana Kriya. And actually, it's absolutely eradicated in the stage of Prem. So even in Bhav, there may be some slight possibility of some type of up Vaishnava parad. So you realize you should be so alert till that penultimate stage. Okay, let's go to Thakur Bhakti notes description. Okay. 
He also gives four categories. There's are called Tattva Vibrama, this um, uh, Aparad, uh, Asat Trishna, and Hridai Durbalya. So we'll go one by one with each four subdivisions. Pray so that we be able to deliver the whole 16 descriptions in 20 minutes. <laughs> so Tattva Vibrama means illusion regarding Tattva. So not to know Tattva properly is an anartha. Because it will take to a particular type of practice, an informed practice that will give an artist as a result. Uh, so uh, Krishna das Kavirasa Krishidanta Valiya Chidnakara Lachiha Haiti Krishna Lagi Sudrida Manas. Try to make your best effort to know Siddhanta. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami. Nakara Las, he says, do not be lazy. He knows we are lazy. <laughs> and he says that because he knows that. Like, like Krishna is saying Bhagavad Gita, Maso Chaha, do not fear, just surrender. He said, do not fear because he knows we are fully trembling. <laughs> he says, do not fear because he knows we are really fearful of just surrender. <laughs> So knowing Siddhanta doesn't have to do with an intellectual capacity. It has to be with sincerity, surrender and revelation. But also, if you have a 33% of intellectual capacity, you should use that 33% in that direction. You shouldn't be lazy. So, he divides this Tattva Vibrama in four sub-parts. Paratattva Vibrama, Swatattva Vibrama, Sadhya Sadhana Vibrama, Virodhi Vishai Vibrama. Which means? <laughs> Swatattva Vibrama means to be confused about who you are, basically. So in this sense, this is connected to Duskritota Narta, that meant you don't have to clear who you are, again, il illusion... 
in one sense this is connected to Duskrito Tonarta, which implied illusion about your own identity. The second is Paratatonart Vibrama, uh, which means not to know who is God. In other words, all this has to do with the concept of Sambanda Gyan. As Guru Maharaj calls it, or conceptual orientation. To know what is what, who is who. <coughs> And Abhideya, or the practice, will be the natural consequence of Sambanda. So when you get to know who is God, who are you, what's the world, naturally you will act in a certain way as in, as in, in a response to that. The third one is Sadhya Sadhana Tattva Vibrama, which means illusion about the tattva regarding the practice and the goal. So again, at this conceptually, we should have a clear general idea of, of this panorama. Here, but you notice, not talking about becoming a scriptural genius who knows every single detail of the revelation. He's mainly saying, have a proper idea of who you are, who is God, what's the practice to attain Him, and what's what's going on when you attain Him. <laughs> and the fourth one is Virodi Visai Virodi Visai Tattvabhi Brahma, to have confusion regarding uh, which are those objects unfavorable to Bhakti. We could say that to not know what's an anarta is an anarta. <laughs> And because of this we are making these seminars here. <laughs> At least to start to know they exist and who they are. Okay, so let's go to the second category. Uh, well, it is uh, Asat Trishna. Which means to be thirsty for the uh, non-permanent, non, non the impermanent. Asat Trishna, not Krishna, Trishna, Trishna. So, uh, we should have Krishna for Krishna. 
We just have Krishna Trishna. Krishna means Krishna Krishna. is Asat Trishna. So Asat you mean you know what do you mean temporary, illusory, etc. So this has four subdivisions as well. Sometimes these categories call also material desires. And these four are the following. First you have gross sense gratification. Second to experience heavenly delights. Not necessarily in Svarga, it can be here in a sadvic disposition as we spoke. So again, this can be connected to this Sukrito Tanartas. Hmm. You are very pious, very civilized uh, member of society. But there is still some Asad Trishna, some thirst for the non-permanent. And the third one is Siddhi, mystic perfection. And the fourth one is subtle and subtle and more subtle. Mukti. Mukti. Yeah. For us, that's an anartha. <laughs> so it doesn't mean we will kill all the ones who want mukti. <laughs> but actually, it's speaking about the glory of bhakti. <laughs> it, no, so from gross to subtle, we have these four types of material desire. Gross sense enjoyment, heavenly delights, yogic perfection, liberation. Yogic perfection, CD. So from material to psychic to even in one sense spiritual. <laughs> but in connection to the greatness of bhakti, mukti seeing and some selfish uh, like pursuit yet. I want to be liberated. So that's not something in connection to love to someone else. I want to be liberated. So now we're in school, this I want is not so present, at least in that form. No? <laughs> First get, 
first get free from this I want and eventually you will be able to say to Krishna I want something but in the context of Lila and selflessness <laughs> once one disciple called, spoke to his Gurudev said Gurudev I have to say something and he started, I want. He should have stopped. No, no. Not nice. It's wrongly formulated the sentence. <laughs> like in plan, you cannot go to the higher realm with that disposition. I want. Because we want to serve, and the very word servant is kinkara. Kinkara means what can I do, how can I serve, what do you want from me? Yeah? Okay. So, well, these are these four other categories of anartha, satrishna. Let's go to the third one. It's aparad. Again, aparad. <laughs> In this case, there is both of them are basically repeating themselves. Some emphasis is required. So four types of aparad. You have nama aparad. We have Krishna Swarup Aparad, which could translate as Seva Aparad, also offenses to the form of the Lord. You have Krishna Tadiya Aparad, which means offenses to the one who belong to Krishna, to the Vaishnavas. And we even have Jiva Aparad. Offenses to any other soul. <laughs> so you see, it's very delicate. <laughs> so we have, I have already explained some of them, and very briefly, of course. Uh, yeah, I cannot go into detail. This is too much. Like for example, Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentions regarding the offense to the form of the Lord. Scriptures say, ah, but if you offend, commit seva parad, you can, like, how do you say, cancel that by chanting Harinam. But if you start to think, oh, I may be neglectful, I can't be neglectful, but I can chant Harinam and that's okay, my other offenses are cancelled. That actually becomes Namaparat. You know, this, this apparat regarding this point. No? Regarding, for example, Vaishnava Parad, 
six of them are mentioned. Some are more, more obvious than others. For example, to kill a Vaishnava. <laughs> Not to do it. <laughs> Maybe the idea has come in your mind, but not to do it. <laughs> Remember, you have to be honest here. <laughs> This time I won't ask you to raise your hands. <laughs> That may be too embarrassing, so... <laughs> So yes, killing Vaishnav, uh, blaspheming Vaishnav, speaking ill about here, him, her. I just say too. Just being angry with the Vaishnav internally. Thinking ill of the Vaishnav. Not giving proper welcome with the Vaishnav is coming. There is a whole culture of hosting in Vedic tradition, how to receive the guest, what, is, what to say if the guest is a Vaishnav. So it is said you should give a nice seat, something to drink, to eat, some place to rest. This is called Atiti Seva, or the service of host. Well, it is said even if you have nothing of those things, at least you should offer some sweet words of welcome. So what to say if the Vaishnav comes and you are not happy that the Vaishnava has come, that's apparent. That's the last that's the last one. I mean you are not happy that the Vaishnava is coming. To see a Vaishnava, to see a Vaishnava. So we should know how to i mean, I'm saying this in general, but we should know how to apply this to our specific daily circumstances. So, uh, uh, Jiva apparat also. Actually, what Bhaktivinoda says is that he kind of makes some argument. He speaks of different levels of jivas, like non-religious jivas, religious jivas, brahmanas jivas, and Vaishnav, almost Vaishnav jivas, Vaishnav jivas. <laughs> So he said, if you fail to properly relate to all the first ones except the Vaishnavas, that's mainly considered sin. 
He said, if you fail to properly relate to all of those ones except for the Vaishnava, that's mainly considered sin, Papa. But if you fail to relate properly with the Vaishnava, that enters into the category of Aparad. So in one sense, he's again speaking Aparad is with Vaishnava, with the rest of the Jivas is more Papa than Aparad. So, so it seems that this concept of Jiva Parad is uh, another excuse to speak about the delicacy of Vaishnava Parad. <laughs> And nonetheless, we should be very careful about how we relate with every living being. And how to present proper critic, constructive criticism in case we have to. Five extra minutes, please. Only five. So if I want to critic someone, I if I for that to be a constructive criticism, some things should be in place. First, what I'm criticizing must be true. It should not be my own anarta projecting itself towards you. <laughs> Second, I should have the healthy intention of presenting the criticism with affection towards that person. I should present the criticism with good intention. Desiring the well-being of the person that is being criticized. And I should be ready to help that person to transcend that critic I'm pointing to him, to her. Because if I say to Mother Mohan, Mother Mohan, you are lazy. And I say, that's objectively true and this is with good intention. But you are lazy, so I wish the best for you with your laziness. Try to overcome it. And I disappear from the path. No, that's, that's, that's offense. But if I say that really to him, I say, but I commit myself to help you as much as I can to overcome this together. 
ale ja, jeżeli się powiem, ja, ja pragnę tutaj, zobowiązuję się pomóc Ci, poradzić sobie. So some commitment is, is there in the criticism. Some willing to sacrifice yourself. Czyli w tej krytyce jest też pewna chęć poświęcenia się So we should go through all these stages before we open our mouth and speak about someone else. <laughs> so last category. Hidai durbalia means weakness of the heart. Four categories there. Kutinati, Matsarya, Pratista, and Tuchashakti. Tuchashakti, the first one means to be attached to objects that are not connected to Krishna. Tuchashakti But what is not connected to Krishna? <laughs> so the point is to attach in ignorance, not acknowledging the, con- the inherent connection that everything has with Krishna. To connect with reality without sambanda gyan. Sambanda means everything is linked. Sambanda. So also we have kutinati, which means duplicity. To have like two faces. Private life, public life, as Guruman says. <laughs> and even back to Notak, or one detail he mentions before, main reason for aparad is asatsanga. Yeah. Unless, unless you get free from Asad Sangha, you cannot be properly situated in Vaishnava etiquette. And one, one of the worst type of Asad Sanghas are the Dharma Dwajis. That means so-called devotees. Dharma Dwaji means Dwaji means like like flag, like yeah, carrying the flag or whatever. So Dharma Dwaji means those who present themselves of here I am carrying the flag of Dharma religion and bhakti. But that's just a facade, you say? Facade, like with some hidden purpose in mind behind. So Tilak may be there, Kantimala may be there, but cheating may be there also. 
You may have the biggest Sika in all the community, but it doesn't make anything. <laughs> so you sh we should be take care of this association from ex from outside and from inside. Because our own anarchists may present themselves with Tila, Kantimala, and Tansika, very devotional. <laughs> so Kutinati means duplicity. And the last one, Matsarya, MB. No? Bhagavatam starts saying Nin Matsaranam Satam. The Sadhu, the Satam is characterized with lack of MB. And Vishwanath says the best way to, to serve an envious person because we want to serve everyone. So how to serve an envious person? He says you have to take a distance from that person. That's the best way to serve him. We cannot do much more than that, unfortunately. And finally, no time to speak in detail about MB and all these things. Separate no. seminar for each one of these categories. <laughs> we should organize a one yoga retreat for going in detail for each one. <laughs> And last one is Pratista. Sanatana Goswami said this is the worst of all. The source of all the other Anartas. The exact opposite to the devotional spirit. You want to position yourself and to receive the... Yeah. To be the same. No, the scripture says Pratista Sukarabista. Mm. Uh, uh, you know this one, no? It says Pratista smells worse than the pig's stool. Mm. So as Guru Maharaj says, stool already are eating stool. Uh, pigs are already eating stool. So what must be their stool? But even worse than that, Pratista smells much, had much more bad odor. <laughs> so totally unbecoming for the practitioner, for the devotee. So the best way to overcome this and art and so many others is to invoke the, mainly I would say, the third verse of Shastakam. Which speaks about nishta, going that this is a stage that is 
quite relatively beyond an arts and inability already. And as Gurmaras, that's like reaching the top of the mountain and having a perspective of the belly of love that is waiting downwards for us there. But first we should get to that top and now we are going upwards. So we should be going upwards reciting this Trinada Pishanichena Tarora Pishanichena Maninamana Dina Kirtaniya Svavari. So now we will go to visit Iskon Temple, we will walk in upwards, so we can continue meditating in this upward go and reciting this shloka. <laughs> So again, no time for questions today, but we can <laughs> we can continue speaking this day, sharing. Thank you. Thanks so much for your attention. I hope these meetings have made I can be of some service to you through these talks. Śrīla Gurudev Patita Pavāna ki jāya, Śrīman Mahāprabhu ki jāya, Śrīhani Nam Sankirtan ki jāya, Anārthani Vṛtti ki jāya, Ārtha Prabhrīti ki jāya, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jāya, Gaur Pramanda Hari Gaur.